When Christ entered Jerusalem, everyone's hearts rejoiced, for they believed the promise of the prophecy was then fulfilled, a prophecy passed down from the beginning of time. They rejoiced, for the one to save the chosen people had finally come. A new day had finally dawned. But when Christ was crucified, how quickly did hope turn to dismay? And many carried heavy, mournful hearts. Many more lost faith in the words passed down by the prophets, 
and let go of their trust in God. As he, their savior, was brought to the slopes of Golgotha and there died. The dawn seemed to come to an end, moving further and further away. Yet behold, for now is the day of the Lord. Rather than a promise abandoned, his death was a promise fulfilled. Have faith in the Lord, for he is good, and his love for us endures now and forevermore, and his promise to us shall never be broken. Good morning, church family. God is good all the time. So we'd like to, I'd like to invite the whole congregation to stand up with us today to sing Amazing Love. forgiven I'm forgiven because you were forsaken I'm accepted you were condemned I'm alive and well your spirit is within me because you died and rose again amazing love how can it be that you my king would die for me amazing love i know it's true and it's my joy to honor you in all i do i honor you forgiven I'm forgiven because you were forsaken I'm accepted you were condemned I'm alive and well your spirit is within me because you died and rose again amazing love Amazing love, how can it be that you, my King, would die for me? Amazing love, I know it's true, and it's my joy to honor you in all I do. I honor you. you are my king Jesus you are my king Jesus you are my king Jesus you are my king one more time Jesus you are my king amazing love Amazing love, how can it be that 
you, my King, would die for me. Amazing love, I know it's true, and it's my joy to honor you in all I do. I honor you. One more time. Amazing love, how can it be that you, my King, would die for me? Amazing love, I know it's true. And it's my joy to honor you in all I do. I honor you in all I do. I honor you. Amen. You may be seated. I'm 
bow your heads with me now. Gracious God, we... Today we are... It's a little bit confusing for us because we gather here praising and worshiping you. Knowing full well that 2,000 years ago, the experience that we are here to celebrate or to be thankful for and worship was actually quite painful for you and for Jesus. And so we pray that as we continue to sing these songs in worship and adoration of you, as you continue to examine our hearts, that you would know that we are eternally grateful for your sacrifice and for your gift of love. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. It is confusing, isn't it? Because we're here and we're worshiping and we're gathered and we're thankful for what the death of Jesus means to us. But if you've ever lost a loved one, you would know that in the moment, in the moments right after that, it is probably one of the most painful moments of your life. And even if your loved one suffered and now they no longer suffer, you know that it still is painful. Just a week ago, I was, it was a Sunday night and I got called into the hospital and it's called a code blue because their heart stops. And they thought that they had lost their father, a 60-year-old man. And the wife was stronger because somehow women have this reserve of strength that us men don't necessarily know about in these moments. But the son, who was 32 years old, just lost it. He couldn't even stand. So we had to move them from the emergency room into one of the other waiting rooms so that they could have some more privacy. And while we were there, the doctor walks in and he says, look, we have a pulse, all right? So your dad has a pulse, but it's still like a long shot for him to survive this. Like, it's going to be difficult, but we have a pulse, and he's breathing. So they, they did all, talked about all the medical terminology on what it means that they had to induce hypothermia to let the body not get damaged in the, because there was so much lack of oxygen, all of that. They finally take the dad up to the in, um, intensive care unit. And I, I'm, so I was on the entire night. I was on call. I wasn't actually there. And at around 11 o'clock at night, I get a call, and they said, there's another code blue. And it was that same man. And he didn't make it. And so as I stood there, sat there, kind of on the, on the bench, and I'm in this room with this family, the son's only question is, why does this have to happen to him? Now, as a pastor, my theology is because it happens to everyone. But that's not what they need to hear in that moment. Because all they could grasp is that the one that they love is no longer with them. It's not just that he's gone. It's all of the potential memories that they could have with him are now gone. The family vacation that was actually planned for two weeks from then, they had the family vacation planned, was no longer a reality. Because there's nothing you can say when someone passes away. So when we gather here this morning... And as we think and as we talk about the death of Jesus, it's a reminder of how much God truly loves you. The Bible tells us, and we explored this last week, is that the wages of sin, right? So what we deserve for the sins of our lives is death. But the free gift of God is that Jesus would lay down his life so that you wouldn't have to pay that death. Now, it's true. We all, if we live long enough, will eventually die what we call this kind of first human death. 
But there's a promise that one day there will be the day of the great resurrection where God will breathe light into all those who have accepted. And so on this Saturday, we remember the love that God had for us. And if you have your Bibles, um, if you actually want to open the red Bible in front of you, uh, to page 768. It's John chapter 19. John 19, verse 16, says the following. Describing this event before at the, at the moment when Jesus is crucified. And it says, verse 16, Finally, Pilate handed him, Jesus, over to them to be crucified. So the soldiers took charge of Jesus. Carrying his own cross, Jesus went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. Here they crucified him with two others, one on each side in the mid- and he in the middle. And Pilate had had a notice prepared and fastened to the cross. And above Jesus' head, it read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Now, that was there to mock him. If you read the story, the whole point of the story is that Jesus was mocked. Right, Jesus, people would say, you said that you are King of the Jews. Take yourself down from that cross. You say you are the Son of God. Save yourself now. So when this inscription is put above the head of Jesus, it says King of the Jews. But it was wrongly labeled. Because if they wanted to be honest and they wanted to be true to who Jesus was, they would have simply just put the King. Because Jesus is the King. It is this King who healed the sick who healed the cripple and gave sight to the blind. It is this king who made all who came in contact with him well. It is this king who ate with the outcasts and the marginalized. It is this king who sat with the tax collectors and the prostitutes. It is this king who would humble himself to the point that he would enter into life with people that society had cast as outcasts. It is this king who preached the good news that the kingdom of God was at hand and that all who would believe could enter into this new reality and this new way of seeing the world. But on this day, 2,000 years ago, the king was dead. The blood that Jesus shed for me way back on Cal- Calvary. It's the blood that gives me strength from day to day. It will never lose its power. 
The chorus goes for reaches, for it reaches to the highest mountain, mountain, and it flows, and it flows to the lowest valley. Valley is the blood that gives me strength from day to day. It will never lose its power. It soothes my doubts and calms all my fears, and and it wipes wipes away all of my tears. It's the blood that gives me strength from day to day. It will never, ever, ever lose its power. Oh, for it to the highest mountain, mountain, and it flows to the lowest valley, valley is the blood. That gives me strength from day, day to day. It will never lose its power. You guys can sing with me one more time for it reaches. And it reaches. To the highest mountain, mountain, and it flows to the lowest valley, valley, it's the blood that gives us strength from day to day it will never ever ever lose it will never ever ever lose it will never 
never ever lose its power. Praise God. I am. Thank you guys very much for jumping in there. I'm going to ask uh, my crew to come on up at this time. The Lord said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. The song we're going to do now is called Jesus Christ is the Way. My sins, they tore us apart. 
But I'm standing right here in the midst of my tears. I claim you to be the Lamb of God. New life can begin. Cause you wiped away all of my sins. And whom the sun sets free is free indeed. I claim you to be the Lamb of God. Oh, now behold the Lamb, the precious Lamb of God, born into sin that I may live again, the precious Lamb of God, oh, from a really bad dream and the moment you wake up you take a breath of like relief knowing that this was just a nightmare can you even begin to imagine what the followers of Jesus his family and his disciples must have been thinking that Saturday morning Jesus was crucified and was dead on a Friday I can only imagine that that Saturday morning they woke up hoping, if they even got any sleep, hoping that all that they had just experienced was just a dream, a really bad one. You see, what's important for us to understand about that Saturday, because the Bible is silent about what happened. The Gospels just say that, you know, nothing happened. 
that the, the, the women in Jesus' life, the, his mother, his friends, the disciples, nothing happened on Sabbath because Sabbath was the day of rest for them. Sabbath, everything stops. And so the Bible is remarkably silent about that day. Commentators don't even know what to say about what happened that day because there was so much silence. But you see, Jesus wasn't the first person to claim that he was the Christ and the Messiah. For the followers of Jesus, I can only begin to imagine that all of their hope that they had placed on Jesus as king was now gone. Perhaps they thought that Jesus was simply another false messiah in a long line of other false messiahs that had come before him. You see, Jesus wasn't the first of his kind. There were other people who said that they were the messiahs and ultimately they were crucified as well, but there was no resurrection. I can only imagine what the people must have been thinking, what they must have been feeling, and what kinds of doubts must have arisen in their minds. You see, this story isn't just important because it tells us about it in Scripture. But this is our story. This is my story, and this is your story. I'm sure that there are some of you here this morning who, when you've prayed, you've actually stopped and thought, is there anyone even listening as you go through the dark times in your life, the times of difficulty, I can only imagine that there are some of us in this place who say, we, we know that we believe in God, but God, you seem so distant right now. It's the words of Jesus on the cross when he asks the question, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And we've already explored that what Jesus was saying is like, yes, this is tough and this is difficult, but even Jesus was putting his hope in his Father. You see, we, for us, it's easy to tell the story of Jesus' crucifixion. It's easy for you to tell this story because you have the whole story all in one place. And I know for some of you, and I've heard you say this, it's sad and it's painful for you to see and read the descriptions of what happened to Jesus that day. But you already know that Sunday is coming. And so for us today, 2,000 years later, it's easy for us because we say we already have the whole story. We have from the beginning of, of creation until the very end, until the day when God renews all things. We have it all in front of us, so it's easy for us. And so what happens is that it loses its power over us sometimes. But can you just place yourself in the foot of his followers that day? Can you just imagine most of his disciples were probably in hiding because they didn't want to experience the same fate that Jesus had. Some of them probably still had hope, but in a few moments you're going to see how many of them had lost hope that this Jesus was the one who would rescue them. This is a story for us this morning because it's a reminder that in the moments in your life of faith when you experience doubt, when you experience fear, it isn't brand new. But thousands of years ago, people were experienced that very same doubt on the silence of what happened on that Sabbath because nothing happened on that Sabbath for them. They were probably preparing to begin to know, well, what's going to happen the next day? When we look at the stages of grief, they were probably all in denial or in depression because they didn't know what was going to happen next. Because on that Sabbath, for those people, all there was was silence.
There's a peace I've come to know Though my heart and flesh will fail There's an anchor to my soul I know it will be well Jesus has overcome And the grave is overwhelmed Victory is won He is risen from the dead And I will rise when he calls my name No more sorrow, no more pain I will rise on eagle's wings Before my God fall on my knees I will rise and I will rise There's a day that's drawing near when darkness breaks to light and the shadows disappear and face shall be my eyes Jesus has overcome and the grave is overwhelmed Victory is won He is risen from the dead And I will rise On the calls my name No more sorrow, no more pain I will rise on eagle's wings before my God fall on my knees I will rise and I will rise and I hear the voice of many angels sing worthy is the lamb and i hear the cry of every longing heart worthy is the lamb and i hear the voice of many angels sing worthy is the lamb and I hear the cry of every longing heart Worthy is the Lamb Worthy is the Lamb And I will rise when he calls my name.
no more sorrow, no more pain. I will rise on eagles' wings before my God. Fall on my knees, I will rise and I will rise and I will rise and I will rise. Will you grab your red Bible that's in front of you and open to page 768? Or I will read to you. It's intentionally dark. Because remember, for the first century believers and followers of Jesus, their king is still dead. Verse 1 says this, Early on the first day of the week, while it was Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. I think it's funny. John, who writes this book, is telling us that he ran faster than Peter. But For those of you, for people who think the Bible's boring, they're not reading it close enough. He bent over and looked at the strips of linen lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth, the cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. Verse 9 in the New International Version says this, They did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. You see, for them, this darkness was supposed to be almost permanent. And they had known and picked up pieces of what Jesus was trying to tell them. But it wasn't until that Sunday morning when they got to the tomb that they realized that the tomb was empty. The disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? And she responds, they have taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni. Jesus says, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them that I am returning to my Father and to your Father, to my God and your God. 
Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. She said, I have seen the Lord. And she told them all that he had said. On that evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together, listen, they were with locked doors for the fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. We gather here today, and we gather here every single Saturday, because we believe that the tomb is indeed empty. And because the tomb is empty, Jesus has been resurrected. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 6, and that's page 799 if you want to read that along with me. Romans chapter 6, verse 4. It says, We therefore, we were therefore buried with him, Jesus, through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, you too may have a new life. You see, for us, the resurrection of Jesus isn't just an assurance that one day you too will rise again, but the resurrection of Jesus, the death and resurrection of Jesus, is a promise that you who have been baptized, you who have, who have yielded to the call of God in your life, you don't have to wait for the future to experience the newness of life, but instead what Paul tells us in Romans is that because of Jesus' death and resurrection, you now have access to walking in a new kind of life. You see, when Jesus talked about the kingdom of heaven being at hand, what he was actually doing was inviting all those that were around him to enter into living life in a new reality. The kingdom of Jesus wasn't just about heaven. Because when Jesus talked about it, he talked about it in the here and the now. And what Jesus was saying is that he was inviting you to enter into this new life. You know, this morning, we're not going to ask anyone to come up. But if you have been hearing this call of God, I believe God is calling you. I believe you are here. For those of you who have not yielded to this invitation... I want to pray a special prayer for you now. And if you have been feeling the nudging of God in your life, I want to talk to you after the worship service is over. And Christine, I'm going to ask us if we can meet in the prayer room. But if you're one of those people that you know God has been calling you and you have, you have just been ignoring or waiting or putting off that call, we want to pray for you now because we believe that this invitation that God has placed on your heart isn't just happening today, but God has been calling you all along. And life sometimes takes us down paths that go further away from the presence of God. But we believe that because the whole earth is the Lord's, God is present even when you feel that you have drifted. Because we believe that God is calling you now. Not just for the assurance of salvation, but because God wants to walk alongside you during this journey of life. And so at the end of the service in a few moments, a couple of ten minutes or so, if you are one of those people who feel like you just want to yield and surrender to this call and this invitation that God has placed on your heart, we're going to invite you to come back as you exit the church to the left. There's a prayer room, and we just invite you to go in there so we can pray over you. But I want to pray for you now. Heavenly Father, there are people in this building whom you have been pursuing, whom you have been inviting and calling. And so, Father, for those who are here this morning who just want to accept the call, who want to be free indeed and who want to experience life in its fullest sense. I pray that you would protect them. I pray that you would fill them.
And I pray that they would be, enter into, be able to enter into this newness of life where their salvation is not only assured, but they can experience you day by day. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I believe in the sun, I believe in the risen one, I believe I overcome by the power of his song join the one that never ends because he lives because he lives I was dead in the grave I was covered in sin and shame I heard mercy call my name he rolled the stone away. Amen, amen. I'm alive, I'm alive because he lives. Amen, amen. Let my song join the one that never ends because he lives. I can face tomorrow because he lives every fear is gone I know he holds my life my future in his hands Amen Amen I'm alive I'm alive because he lives Amen, amen, let my song join the one that never ends, amen, amen, I'm alive, I'm alive because he lives, because he lives, because he lives. Because he lives. At this time in this part of our worship service is where we will um, be asking you if you are one of our church members who are one of our regulars, where part of our worship is to give back and to entrust to God what God has given us. We believe that the whole earth is the Lord's. And we believe that everything we have is God's. And I know sometimes we say, well, I'm the one that wakes up every morning and I'm the one that goes to work. But we believe that you're able to do that because God has given you the gift of life. And so now as our deacons and our deaconesses stand up, I want to pray a special prayer 
so that as you give, we pray that it would be with a joyful heart. If you give with a guilty heart, we don't want to guilt you into any of that. But we believe that when we actually put, as they say, our money where our mouth is, where we put our money and we entrust it into God's hands, we are saying that we believe and that we trust that God will sustain us and God will provide for us, even if it feels like there isn't enough. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that you've given us the gift of life, that you've given us the gift of forgiveness, that you've given us eternal life. And so we pray now that as we give to you, that, that you see that we are entrusting our lives to you, our livelihood, and our survival. And we pray, Father, that you would use this to continue to expand your kingdom on this earth, and that we might be able to lift up Christ in all that we do. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Drive the nails in my hands Laugh at me where you stand Go ahead you Say it isn't me Very soon you will see Cause I'll rise again Ain't no power on earth can keep me down Yes, I'll rise again 
Death can't keep me in the ground Go ahead and mock my name My love for you is still the same Go ahead and bury me But very soon I will be free Cause I'll rise again Ain't no power on earth can tie me down Yes, I'll rise again Death can't keep me in the ground Oh, go ahead Say I'm dead and gone But you will see that you were wrong Go ahead and try to hide the sun But all will see that I'm the one Cause I'll come again There ain't no power on earth can keep me back Yes, I'll come again Come to take my people back. I come to take my people back. Come to take my people
Christ is risen, alleluia. 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 Take all our sins and guilt away. Our souls he now will save. From death to life, from earth to sky, he rises from the Christ is risen, Alleluia. 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 like to leave you all with kind of the thoughts as and, and I think by now you've realized that what we've tried to do this morning is is really try to tell the story of the crucifixion the death and then the resurrection of Jesus and that the reason that we are able to do what we do today and the reason that we gather here is because we really when we gather at church on on Saturday mornings it's about offering up our worship and our adoration to Jesus for having done what he did for us you see, church isn't for you and for me. Church is so that we can collectively lift our voices and our hearts in thanksgiving and in praise to the God who is worthy of praise. And so I want to leave you with this. I, I would be remiss if I couldn't finish with the last words that we find Jesus um, saying in the book of Matthew. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, Jesus came to them and said to them, this is to the, to the 11 disciples now, there was 11 left, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So Jesus is saying, the authority in the universe is mine. And he says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is our invitation to be a part of the work that God is doing in this world. You see, we are not just called to be spectators, but because Christ has resurrected and he has given you permission to walk in a new kind of life, it's a kind of life where you now get to participate in the work that God is doing in this world. We're not just here to sit back and enjoy our salvation, but in, as part of enjoying it is to being able to be a blessing and of service to all those that we come in contact with. You see, the death and resurrection of Jesus isn't just to give you the assurance of eternal life, but it's so that you can begin to experience that kind of life now and that you can begin to live a life that is lived in service towards others so that we could then lift up the name of Jesus. And the Bible tells us that wherever Jesus is lifted up, he will draw all people to himself. I'd like the congregation to please open your hymnals to, actually it's in number 166. And please stand with us. We're going to sing our last hymn. <laughs> 
verse. Christ the Lord is risen today. lost on us the sacrifice of your son and what it cost you. And so we thank you humbly and we thank you triumphantly for what you have done for us. And we pray 
that as we live out our days, that we would give honor and glory to you. And though we know that we will never fully be worthy of that, we know that in Christ you have made us worthy. And we thank you for that now. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. You, you may be seated. We want to thank everyone who was a part of this worship service. Um, thank you for Nick and his friends who come always on, on some of our high Sabbaths. And we're always thankful for that. We are thankful to our own in-house worshipers and singers and musicians for always stepping up um, when we have a special Sabbath. We want to thank the audiovisual team who's in charge of the ambience and the lighting and the screens and all of the things that we ask for them to do. We want to thank you. No one ever sees them, but they're up there, we promise. When we look up, we're not looking to God, we're looking to AV. <laughs> um, we, we want to thank, and I, I personally, you know, we want to thank um, Jaime and Christine and Carla and all, everyone else who was in charge of the little brunch that we had this morning. We want to thank, I want to thank um, Vicky and Azalea and Suzanne and May and Jesus and the people that I'm not remembering right now for all of the decorations, um, for Dana or I think who went and bought all of the lilies. To, I mean, I just thank the entire, the whole point is that we're thankful for everyone in this church and I'm thankful for Genevieve who always just spends countless hours just setting all of this up and, and I'm always emailing her and telling her I want this or that or the other thing and she just says, okay. <laughs> So I want to thank Jen and, and, um, and Fred for all of that. So we're just thankful for being a part of a resurrected community. And part of what this is, and, and our service is now over, but the last little bit of, of what I have to share now is, um, is that a part of being a resurrected community of followers of Jesus. And what that means is people who have yielded to the call of Christ and now are walking in this newness of life is that worship must extend beyond just these four walls, but the worship and the way that we live our lives must extend outward. And so what we want to do is if you have been praying for someone, right, because we're always praying for someone that they would just finally yield and surrender um, to, to the call of God, if you are one of the, and Vicky's going to come on up, um, part of what we're doing this morning is we are going to give you a lily because what we want is if you've been praying for someone, if there's someone who maybe just needs a little extra hope, who needs a little extra love, we want to share some of these lilies with the people in your life. So I know that there are some of you who are taking these home. I think we're, we're saving how many? Like 27 of them that we're not giving out. But there, that leaves like 40-something other ones. If you have someone that you know would be blessed by this, you tell them, listen, we gather to church and we worship, and this is just a token, or this is just a little bit of love that we want to send your way. Will you please stand up right now? You don't have to say anything, but um, Vicki and May are going to be handing you a lily for you to go and share with this person in your life that you know could use it. Um, it doesn't matter if you didn't contribute. We just want to make sure that we bless you. So will you stand now if there is someone? Yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Is there anyone that you've been praying for, anyone you can share? Please take, tell them how many you need. We just want to be a blessing. Or someone who's ill, if there's someone that's sick, someone in the hospital, if there's someone that can use this, some in the back as well. Is there anyone else that can use a lily? We want to be a blessing. There's one more in the back. I'm here. Yeah, it's for, it's for everyone. If, if you have this inclination in your heart that someone could use one, that's what we want to... There's two more in the back. 
A couple more. And, and as we exit this place, remember, if you're in need of an extra special prayer, if, if you are just yielding to the call of God, if you walk out of the back of the church directly to the left before you exit the church, there's a prayer room, and we just want to pray over you and talk with you there. There's a couple more. Is there anyone else that can use one? There's three more. Yeah, thank you, ladies. All right, we want to just bless all of you. We want to thank all of you for being here. And um, we hope to see all of you again next Sabbath. And uh, God bless you. And uh, we are dismissed. <laughs>